and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Stephanie O'Dell, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed. Well, thank you for having me. I always love to talk to and share wisdom and experience with other women. So I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm very excited to have you. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do and maybe a bit of why you do it. Well, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> I, I'm working on changing the face of aging for women. Um, Woohoo! Yep. Yay! Um, and, and <laughs> that time. Yes. The visuals and the narratives that were served as women need to be updated and need to be mm-hmm. more about the power and the possibility of aging and not about the limitations and the demise of aging. Um, so, you know, how do you do that? Um, six years ago, I started a blog and four years ago, opened an agency because I, nobody else was doing it. And I tried to find someone else to do it and nobody else wanted to do it. So now this is a model agency, isn't it? Just so that we know it's not an advertising agency. It's a modeling consulting agency. So it's for and about the 50 plus woman. So I am all about representing her. Um, we have built, I have built a collective of women. So empowering her through modeling opportunities, speaking opportunities, ambassador, influencer opportunities, a variety of opportunities. And then I also, what I love to do is work with brands and really help them understand who we are, the 50 plus woman and how we want to be represented and that the perception doesn't match the reality that they have in their heads. And yep. Um, and the huge potential, yeah. as we are the biggest purchasers, and uh, and it's going only going to increase. Now, the only thing you forgot in the middle of that is what is your name of your agency because it's so good. Oh, celebrate the gray, celebrate well, the such gray. a good name. Um, it's such a good name. So, why did you set it up? Did something? I'm, I guess what I'm wondering is, was there a bit of a light bulb moment? Was there something that tipped you over the edge and went right? That's it. I'm going to start one. Yeah, there was a few things. Um, and celebrate the gray, really, the gray is aging. It's not, I mean, the most vis- visible thing that happens to us is our hair that we get told yep. we need to change in order to fit into society's image of what beautiful is. But it's really, you know, my hair is slowly going gray. Um, I I wish it was grayer because people will say, well, your hair is not even gray. But mine is really my body. I've been an athlete all my life and there's been big changes. And I'm not, I don't see myself represented. So selfishly, it started out of a selfish, I want to be represented. I had a few experiences. I really started Celebrate the Gray as a blog because I've been a fashion stylist for 15 years and I thought I was going to start a fashion line for the 50 plus woman. Why though? What 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 was it that was driving you to, obviously um, you're right, when you never see us anywhere, us women over 50, but was there something that happened specifically that made you write the blog in the first place? Um, it was my older clients saying the fashion industry's forgotten us and we feel invisible. And right. I really felt, I knew there was fashion there, but I knew the way it was marketed and merchandised that it was always on a 20 something year old body. And so you couldn't even imagine yourself wearing it. I could never wear that. It's not appropriate. I'm too old. All those, um, narratives that I would hear when in fact I knew there was fashion there 
But if you didn't, you can't be what you don't see. So if you don't see someone yeah. in the clothes, I've done some really powerful fashion shows using older models and different sizes too. And women seeing, right. <laughs> seeing women that look like them, it's like, oh, I can wear that? I didn't think I could wear anything sleeveless because I can't show yeah. my arms. Because yep. look at my arms. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, what's where are we getting this messaging? So that was one story. And why are we why are we compelled to hide aging? Yeah. So all of a sudden people do think there's something wrong when um, you know, they get a few more bulges and bumps, which happens to all of us. Right. Um, there was another experience I had that I was hiking. I was um hiking up this mountain with this woman, and as I do with most women, tell me your story to who are you, how old are you? I really love to normalize that conversation. And she said, Well, I'm 70, but my group that I'm hiking with, I'm with a hiking group and they think I'm in my fifties. And if they know I'm in my seventies, they'll put limitations on what I can do. Oh no. And I thought that is what we do. We based your ability is based on your age. It's not based on yeah. your reality. And I had this vision of her in an REI ad or a North face ad of this visual to give people like, Oh, that's what you do in your seventies. Not what, yeah. you, not what I'm being fed, not what I'm, I'm being fed that you retire, you, you know, you may travel or you may sit around or you may start a hobby or, but hiking, like in a hiking group. And this was a strenuous hike. Um, so I just realized how powerful that visual and narrative can be for women and just to be given that permission about the possibilities and not the limitations. Oh, I just love you. I love everything about you. I'm so <laughs> glad I saw you on LinkedIn. I love everything you're doing. So let's do a little bit of a deep dive into Stephanie then. So uh, where let now <laughs> I do this to a lot of women and you're going to have to rack your brains possibly, but uh, I want to go back to when you were a little girl and hear how your career has um, evolved. So let's start off with what kind of a family did you grow up in? What did your parents do? Did you have brothers and sisters? Um I grew up in Napa, California, which is a very small community. My parents grew up there. My grandparents grew up there. So, you know, I didn't right. know how beautiful and how wonderful it was till I moved away and came back to it. One sister, one older sister. Uh, I think one right. of the, my mom is a, you know, grew up in the depression. She talks about you just make do and you you do what you can. And it's just the way it is. Um, yep. And I had a grandmother that was a fashionista, and I think she really ah. gave me a lot of my sense of what possibility of aging can look like. She lived till 95, and she was still shopping till the bitter end. But um, <laughs> I have some of her clothes, and she was, you know, did, one of these. Did she wear quite wild clothes? Yeah. And one of these people yeah, that could, you know, dress from head to toe in an outfit. And, you know, when I go in her closets or her costume jewelry would be, oh, this is what she wore with this outfit. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was always excited when she yeah. came to our house. We all grew up, My both sets of grandparents grew up. I grew up near them. And um, she would come to the house and just, you know, uh, uh, can't, not a uh, jumpsuit, um, you know, a sleeveless jumpsuit. And she was in her 70s. And, you know, oh, just, fantastic. it just kind of made me not put limitations on what you could wear. There was not anything. Because you could see it. Yeah. Because you could see it. So you knew it. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and then my other grandmother was very practical and um, 
did the hard work. Uh, and so I always have been a believer. You have to do the work to get where you need to get. Uh, and one of the things I've always, I grew up, um, an athlete, a tomboy, uh, not into fashion, but in college, I moved to, after college, moved to London and lived in London for about eight months. Oh, so, so why London? And what did you study at college? I studied sports marketing. Um, oh, right. So close to fashion then. <laughs> kind of, not really, but I thought oh. I was, I thought I was going to be a PE teacher. I took my one, um, <laughs> teaching class, my first teaching class. Uh, and I went, no way I can't do this for eight hours a day. <laughs> so, uh, right. got, um, so, my, where, so where did that lead? Uh, well, it led to a variety of jobs that I really felt like I'm not sure what I'm destined to do. And I really thought I'm going to be a mom. I, you know, I loved my jobs. I was in customer service. I was in marketing yep. and Something from the, and I look back at all those things of all those puzzle pieces that really do come together now for me. Um, yeah. But one of the big things I did, I worked for a health club and that had about 1,200 employees, and I was the customer service training person. So I did a lot of training, but I also realized the importance of speaking to the end user and that you can't create anything if the end user isn't her, his, her opinion. Insight isn't valued. Right. That's a that's another great insight. So that, so so where did you go from there? So you hated PT after you'd done it for a while. So what was what was the the leap out of that kind of industry? Um, it was into marketing. Um, I did a lot of event putting on events, marketing, customer service training, okay. so a variety of things. Nothing really yep. that I was super passionate about. Um, I ended up getting married. In my 30s, early 30s, had two kids and uh, halfway, well, my daughter was two, my son was four. I remember sitting, doing a newsletter for the company I was working for, looking, going, I'm not being a great mom and I'm not doing a great job at this work. So I need, one of them needs to give and what's going to give is my job. And I became a full-time mom and really felt like that was going to be my big accomplishment in life. Um. Yeah, which of course it is. It's a huge one. <laughs> it is raising kind yeah. kids, and but one of the things that really happened during that time was I was super involved in the schools, and I was PTA president and volunteered. And but one of the things I was very passionate about during that time was looking at people that weren't included, and how do we make sure they're included? And it was looking at parents, looking at um, people that wanted to be part of the community at schools but didn't know how to get involved. And so I remember having this moment of, well, let's do a survey and ask them what their skills are and their services, what what they are passionate about or what their hobbies are, and then ask them to be involved that way. You know, ask them to, oh, you're a landscaper. Well, could you be involved in gardening days? So it's not a stretch for them to be involved. It's not out of their wheelhouse. Um, and then the other and thing. And already I could start to see how the, the inclusion that you've got is, you can see now uh, the beginning of maybe Celebrate the Grey, but keep going. Yep. So. Yeah. And I also then um, we created a gathering time where people could come and meet each other because I saw people wanting to be involved, but didn't know how. They didn't know anybody. And then you, you know, you can be, watch all these people that know each other and it's so intimidating. I want to be part of that, but I, 
can't step out of my comfort zone to be part of that. So environment. Yeah, yeah, very hard. Yeah. Uh, creating a, we had a coffee like every Friday that you could come to. So you could meet other people. And then I would personally invite people to come. Um, and so just trying to create that community. So I think that's really, I see that a lot in Celebrate the Gray is I love yeah. speaking to the women that are involved. What, what fills you up? What's your passion? What's your skill? And then thinking about brands, aligning her with brands for storytelling and really be authentic in representing this woman, really understanding her. So, and then also celebrating her and all that she's done, because I think as we age, we get put into these boxes and not, we focus on all those things we haven't done. And we forget about all the power that we have of all the things we have done. You're so right. You know, you forget that you've got 30, 40, 50 years worth of experience that other people don't have. And you kind of dismiss it as, you know, that doesn't really mean much, but of course it's huge. And the other thing, just touching on, um, ageism that I find hilarious. I don't know whether you've got it in America, but in Australia, we have these villages that are set up for over 50s, like like an over 50, suddenly you need to go into aged care. It's I just find it. And we've got a pensioner's insurance that kicks in at 50 and things like that. Like, you know, like they think we're 80, not 50. Yep. It's really interesting. Well, we're um, living longer I, and healthier and th- things haven't caught up to that yet. I know in America they haven't. For sure. Yeah, no, no, they so definitely like haven't here. Yeah, so, okay, so you built this beautiful community around the school by the sounds of it. What was the next step after that? Um, well, the next step was my kids started to be more independent. And then in my yeah. 40s, I went, I don't even know what I'm passionate about. And like was, so many women, I would think. <laughs> yeah, and it's scary. And it's like, well, I'm not yeah. good at anything. I don't have any skills. I And so I decided to just get a part-time job. I got a part-time yep. job at Athleta that really formulated my fashion, my re um, getting reintroduced to fashion. I had been really involved and loved fashion through my grandmother and through the time I lived in London. And I went back in my journals and realized that I had written that I was trying to find a job when I was there and yeah, um, which I never ended up doing. I think I came home because I had a job and, but it, it, it reinvigorated that love. And I found a passion for really helping women embrace their shape and understand their shape and learn how to dress their shape and not hide their shape. Um, so I love that. So with that little tiptoe, with you dipping your toe into fashion and enjoying it, what, what, uh, what, how did it evolve from there? Well, I was there for five years. Um, yeah. and then I started working also for a company called stitch fix, which is an online styling site that was a startup. So I was okay. one of the first stylists hired. So I really got to see the workings of a startup and what it takes to be a startup. And really, again, thinking about the end user. And I was, I think I styled 6,000 women over the three years I was there. And- oh my giddy <laughs> Stephanie, how, how many does that work out per day? But it's a lot. It's a lot per day. I think, you know, it was all yeah. in front of a screen. So I did miss the interaction with people, but I saw this common yeah. thread of women not understanding their shape that may change through menopause, still wanting to look fashionable, but not knowing how to do it. And, and then almost dressing to hide themselves because there wasn't the visuals and narratives that represented Yes, them. yes. And also we have in our ear, I don't know whether you do, but my mum yeah. going, you don't want to be mutton dressed as lamb. 
Yeah. Or you can't wear that. Such old, or you, yeah. That's right. Such an old fashioned concept, but so deeply ingrained in our parents' generation. Well, all of our, our stories, our friends and family, or what media has served us really dictate how we age. So, yeah. Um, and at, during that time, I also started my own styling business and that led right. to um, really building relationships with women and understanding the need for the visuals and narratives that just weren't out there. Um, cause I would tell them you can wear that. And then they would wear it. They would change some things and then they call me, Oh my God, this person, these people told me how great I look. And I gave no them, one's done that in yeah, ages, <laughs> gave them the confidence to then, you know, I would always start with wear a red shoe, just wear a red shoe. I know you're not comfortable with color, but just yep. wear a shoe. And then that would lead to, oh my God, somebody noticed my shoes and told me how great they were. And I'm going to wear a red, I'm going to wear a red jacket or I'm going to, you know, and it just was this catalyst for this engagement again and visibility again. Oh, I love it. I love it. So um, was it around this stage that you started thinking about um, opening the agency or how did that evolve? No, it started as a blog six years ago. Um, I yeah. had a meeting with a friend and I was kind of spitballing with her and telling her ideas of what I was thinking. And um, she, and I said about the fashion line and as most women do, but I, I'm not a designer. I don't know how to do it. I could never do that. <laughs> And yep, here are all my limitations. Yep. And she said, Well, start a blog and talk to a hundred women and just see what you find out. And so I did, and it yeah. led me to really realize the need for the visuals and narratives to be updated. Um, one of the final things in the blog was I took six of the women that I had interviewed, and we did a, a good friend of mine um, donated her time as a photographer. And then um, we did style, did the styling, and we had hair and makeup. And I, so I saw the theory in action, and I saw these women see themselves differently. I remember one of the women I put in this beautiful red dress, and she said, oh, "I could never wear this; it's too sexy." And <laughs> she was fifty-two at the time, and I oh my goodness, know her husband, and I said, "Oh my god." Jose would love you in this dress. Look how beautiful you look. And then when you see yourself, when someone says that, and then you actually yep. look at yourself with different eyes, without the critical eyes, I just saw this power for these women. And I thought, this is something other women need to be exposed to. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that we talk or I talk about a lot is you can't sit around and wait for it to happen. You know, we, you know, we've waited a very, very long time and there's a lot of narrative out, about there, out there about change doesn't happen fast and you can't expect it to, but we've been waiting 30, 40 years for this yep. change to happen. So it is totally time now for us to all, you know, grab it by the horns and start making the change ourselves. Right. And I think we've been waiting for somebody else to do it. And yeah, we're yeah, also of not of our mother's generation that says, well, it's just the way it is. It's our generation is saying, well, why? And does it have to be? And how do I change that? And nobody else is changing it. So I guess I've got to step up and do the work to change it. So I had a great yeah, call exactly. with this woman this morning. And she said, I was telling we were she wants to join the collect, celebrate the great collective. And we were chatting about the work. And she said, oh, my God, you stepped out of the boat. <laughs> and I went, oh my God, that's such a nice way to think about it. You know, it is because it makes me think you can walk on water. 
Oh, no. Can't walk on water. That, but it's. No, no, that, that's what it makes me think that you can step out of the boat and you're not going to sink. You're yeah, not going to fail. Gonna you fail. know, you might find. You might have to swim can... and pad, dog paddle, <laughs> but you're not going to drown. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. And I'm shocking at interrupting. So, you were talking about doing the blog. So, doing um, the and blog. Starting the blog. So, did the yep. fashion shoot. And then I got some local press and AARP. I remember the day I got this little local, our local newspaper did a piece on, on me and I got this email saying, you know, I forget who the woman was, but she was her name. She was from AARP disrupt aging movement. And we'd like to do a piece on you. And I was like, Oh, wow. (laughs) This is at the very early stages. I'm like, what, what, what? So yeah. What am I disrupting? (laughs) Right. I I'm disrupting aging. I, you know, so all of a sudden I was kind of thrown into this conversation that I loved having. And I, you know, I have a 91 year old mother and I've had numerous conversations with her and her friends and um, their, their zest for life. And, and how do we change the visuals and narratives around that? So that AARP piece, um, women started reaching out to me and say, I want to be part of what you're doing. And at the time I was like, I don't know oh, what wow. I'm doing. I just know there's problems. <laughs> So um set about trying to find somebody to partner with or collaborate with. Uh, to- oh, this is so beautiful. At that stage, you still don't think you're going to be the leader. Right. You're just looking for someone else to follow. Yep. And so I started calling agencies and saying, you know, I really think you should represent the 50 plus women. And I have these amazing women reaching out to me. And can I help bring them to you? And and the, the response was, we have our two older models. We are not interested anymore. <laughs> That's all we need. Yep. And it's not really a demographic brands are interested in. And I was like, really? I have a lot of money to spend. And I buy for my partner and I buy for my kids and I buy for my parents. Like, why Why wouldn't yep. you want me as a consumer? And, and then I would talk to um, people and they would say, well, we want you for the life of your, you know, the life of your customer, the lifetime of customer. So you're, you're on the other side. I'm like, yeah, but I may live to a hundred and I'm only, you know, 50, you have 50 years of me. Why would you not want that? Um, so I just realized, and then I went, did the deep dive into the demographic and the numbers behind the demographic and the spending power of the 50 plus woman. Which is, Do you have any of those kind of stats? To, to, can you reel off any of them? Well, the one them I the, like to say is the fifteen trillion dollar spending power of the fifty plus woman, and um, one of the <laughs> that extraordinary and and the demographic the the fifty plus is growing will have the largest growth in the next ten years in that demographic, um, and the woman once college bills are paid off. That woman who's the main spender in the family will spend two and a half times more than any other consumer. So, I'd say no more. I mean, really, that says it all, doesn't it? You would yeah. think they'd all be jumping on us. Yes. And and when I talk to brands, I they say, well, the it's not we use younger models because it's we do aspirational marketing. And <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I've talked to you thousands. You to be younger. <laughs> yeah. I've talked to thousands of women and we don't aspire to be younger. We want to no. be comfortable in our age. And you could do a, such an amazing service to these women and get such a loyal customer if you would represent us and show us. And also talk about your product, your brand. Does it really work for her? Have you talked to her? 
Does it, you yeah. know, all those, those things. Um, so. And did you find any, did any brands say, wow, we love what you're talking about. We hadn't thought of that um, for any of the agencies. No. no. <laughs> God, it's so short-sighted, isn't it? They'll, they'll be kicking themselves in yeah. another five years. Yeah. But anyway, so from that you decided, well, if they're not going to take you, I'm going to take you girls. Is that sort of how it That's, evolved? Yeah, I finally, I remember going to a small business class about how do you start a small business? Because I really didn't think that was what I was going to do, you know, talking about coming an LLC and how do you do accounting and all oh yeah all those <laughs> that I basically was like yeah I don't want to do this this is too much and then I finally just said I don't want in 10 years to look back and go why didn't I just figure it out and I I really and I also a big part of it was my kids and my husband who's been a great cheerleader and a supporter I didn't want them to see me giving up yeah and I didn't want to give up on myself I really the feedback I got from people when I talked about what I was trying to do was so positive and the amount of support that I got. I, then I started reaching out to gray haired models that were well known. Yeah. And the amount of support and collaboration and advice they gave me, I said, I just going to go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I don't, I won't have any regrets. And I always fell back yeah. on it. Even if all I do is go up to a woman and have a conversation with her and tell her how great she looks. And she say, I mean, I, she says to me, oh, you made my day. Even if that's all I do, that's pretty amazing. So It would have been, but that wasn't all you did. No, no. <laughs> and look at you now. And I bet, uh, and look, I'll just put it out, ask the question because it may not be, but I bet this, these are some of the best years of your life now that you're doing this, are they? Do you feel really purpose-driven and, and knowing that you're making a difference? I do. I never thought I would be in this position. I kind of, you know, when you have those dreams, like, I, I'm going to be on Oprah someday, you know, I remember having that like <laughs> yes. 20 years ago, or, or I'm going to, you know, have this influential um, opportunity. And I thought, yeah, whatever. And then I, now I feel like I, I'm pretty capable of doing anything I set my mind to. Um, yeah. And you're a great role model for all the other women out there who are going, who, who are like us, you know, you 10 years ago going, I'm not sure. I don't know. I've been looking after kids for 20 years. I don't know whether I should step out. Am I ready to start a business? But um, I love it that you did. And so um, talk to me a little bit about the business. So how long have you been running it for? So I've been a licensed agency for four years now and right. have over a hundred gray haired models. Um, but because Amazing. so many women reached out and wanted to be part, uh, and brands started reaching out that were smaller, that really needed more, um, influencer and ambassador work than models perhaps, yeah. or a combination. Um, now I have built that side of the business. So probably about 300 strong in that side of the business. And I probably have a database of about 2000 women that have reached out over the past six years. And so. Wow. Does, doesn't that just say it all really? Yeah. In four years, you've got 2000 women who've reached out to say, we want to see the change happen as well. Let yep. me be part of it. Yep. Oh, that's just so fantastic. So in the four years that you, because this is a women's business um, um, podcast as well, 
what uh, what have been some of the challenges along the way? Like if you were now looking back at, well, you are looking back, and I was to say, would you do it again? And what have you learned? Are there a couple of little anecdotes you can share? Um, well, I would do it again for sure. And I would do it at very similar. It's I've never been a very patient person, so I've learned patience. <laughs> well done. I haven't. <laughs> you know, I always was looking at what I hadn't done versus what I have done and wanting things to happen a lot quicker than right. they have. Um, but it's also given me time to grow into being the person and the leader and the founder that I was supposed to be. Um, yeah. You know, it's given me time to have that, oh, I'm going to fake it in the beginning and now I I don't have to fake it anymore. But I definitely did in the beginning. I mean, to put out in the universe, I'm opening a modeling agency for the 50 plus woman um, was like, I remember Terrifying. the first time I said that and I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, who am I to do that? Like what? Um, but just the conversations I've had around it, the, um, you know, and now I've had conversations with big thought leaders and big brands and I'm getting, you think the ship is slowly, I was going to say, is this, is the Titanic slowly turning? Are we actually going to start seeing more and more gray haired models? Do you think they're understand, starting to understand the, the enormous value in, in, you know, supporting us and helping us see ourselves? Yes. Um, Right. I do. And it's interesting. The brands that are really making a difference are small brands that are started by women 40 plus. I'm yeah, working with I run. <laughs> a, yeah. I'm working with a couple of brands right now that actually are started by 30 year olds that see the white space of the 50 plus old consumer, woman consumer. Oh, that thank goodness. Um, and part of me was like, God, why are they doing it? It should be us doing it. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. You know, they're going to get there and we're going to help them get there. And and really- they can see a path now. They can see that they are going to get old and that this is a huge area for them to be in maybe. So have there been any challenges in running the business that you, you know, where you've kind of gone, God, what's good? What am I going to do now? Have there been anything? Or has that all been smooth sailing? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it was, uh, it's always financial, right? I'm a sole, sole entrepreneur, bootstrapping yeah. this. Um, so at some point, I hope to have money to expand and hire and do all those things. So are you looking for investing, investment? Is that going to be part of your journey or are you just going to do it through growth? I hope to do it through growth because it's, I, I feel unless it's the right partner and the right investor, they it may change what we are about what I'm about. What yeah. Celebrate the Gray is about. So I haven't ha- I haven't found that right person. But not to say she. I really believe it's a she that she's not out there. Um, yeah, she. I'm sure she is. She might even be listening to this. You never know. Yeah. Yep. I'm you, open to you never know. open to all things. Okay. Great. <laughs> so along the way, obviously, you've been working with women um, now for a very long time. So I don't know whether this question kind of works, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have there been any particular women that you want to do a shout out for or tell us a story about that have helped you start the business, that have supported you in your career? Yeah. Any standouts? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Stacey London is one. Um, I, If you're familiar with Stacey, she is pretty well known here. She did a show called What Not to Wear uh, years ago. Oh, right. Okay. 
And she has become the CEO of, bought a company called State of Menopause. And oh my God, a, I love the name. Uh, advocate for menopause. She went through some health, major health issues around menopause. So it's really changing the narrative here in the US around menopause. And she was right. doing an Instagram live, God, almost two years ago now, I think. And I was, she, I've always liked her. I followed her because of fashion. And She's doing Instagram live and you know, it says, oh, request to go live. Like, oh, I'm going to do that. That'll be, and I'm like, oh, what is that? (laughs) And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're in queue. You're up next. I'm like, uh, my kids are home. I'm like, what's happening? Am I, am I going live? Am I going live? With Stacy? I'm like, oh my God. And she couldn't have been nicer. We had a great conversation about age inclusion and visuals and narratives. And it was really when I was starting and. She said, you know, DM me and let's have a conversation. And we become good friends and support each other and refer each other. And But it was one of these moments like I'm having this conversation and it's <laughs> resonating with her and she wants to have another conversation. And, you know, it. you never know who will say yes. Like don't oh, ever be. Don't, the most surprising people. Yeah. Don't ever be afraid to ask. Um I- and I do think that this is a topic that women are very passionate about. So we were talking about the leaders and the followers earlier and how hard it is to step out and be a leader. But once you are, you realise how much support there is. There are so many women who want to do this or want to help that, you know, we think it'll be around our own so- social circles, but there are very influential people that are 100% behind this idea of making us more visible, putting a focus on women and supporting women. So yeah. um, I just, yeah, I mean, what you're doing is great. So Stacey sounds fabulous. Yes, I should, you other... should get her on your show. She's really fun to talk uh, well, to. Well, I was going to say, I might have to get you to do me an intro. And you've introduced me to the amazing Judith Rizzio, who I will be interviewing, who oh, is another incredible woman, incredible. Yeah, and she was, so she was on the Today Show, which is a morning show here in the U.S. And yeah. she, I love that she was, a um, stylist, but she also was really passionate about the trans community and dressing the trans yep. community. And she talked about at night, she would close the store, the thr- the um, consignment store so that they could come in and dress without being stared at and feeling. It's um, beautiful, isn't yeah. it? And so I DM'd her and we got <laughs> talking and asked her to join Celebrate the Gray and um, and she said, try and hold me back, I bet, knowing yeah. her now, yep. as yep. I do, she would have said, I'm 100% behind this. Yeah. And so we've become fast friends. And I mean, that's the beautiful thing, these women that I reached out to and um, in the beginning that really I didn't know what I was doing, but they so believed in the mission that they jumped on board too. And so she's been a great advocate and we've been great collaborators on a bunch of a variety of projects. Um, and then another really interesting woman that I, two years ago, uh, somebody cold reached out cold about a swimwear campaign and right. they said, we are in search of older models. They're impossible to find. And if you find them at agencies, they really don't represent the real woman. We Googled and found you and we want you to be part of this campaign. Oh my God. They sound fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, again, that was one of the moments in the beginning where I didn't really, hadn't done much yet. And 
you know, said yes. Like, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, yes, yes. And figure <laughs> it, out. it out later. <laughs> I'll figure it out after. But during that campaign, um, the CMO, uh, Nicole Hasse, she and I became good friends and she became um, really an advocate for Celebrate the Gray and so believed in what I was doing in the beginning stages and really helped me and advised me and she has left since left the company and started her own company and is really about inclusion on many different levels, but age being one of them. And so she's, she's younger, which is great. And she is really a mentor for me. And, um, oh, awesome. Yeah. She's been really supportive of connecting me. Um, you know, she's been in the retail business for 25 plus years, so she knows all the big players. And so you're, um, Working on. Oh, she sounds wonderful. Yeah. Using her influence for good. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. Oh, Stephanie, and you're going to meet so many more amazing women, I think, as time goes by and as you grow the agency and as the world starts to realise that, you know, there's this huge untapped market um, and that they need to represent us. I'm, I'm just so delighted with what you're doing. Now, when you start a new business, often uh, it's all time consuming, particularly when you're passionate about it. But there are so many women that have burnt out that I've interviewed that I like to ask the question now, how are you juggling life and work? Like, are you giving yourself downtime or is this just driving you the whole time? No, I am a um, self-care person. I strongly believe I'm a right uh, exercise every day. And so, and I don't start my day until eight or nine. And I usually work, I don't work a you know, I, I work and I make sure I take a couple hours to go out into nature every day. Um, oh, brilliant. And then, and weekends are sacrosanct. Are you working on weekends or not I work very a often? little bit, but, you know, my husband and I go on adventure. We're empty nesters now. So we try to go find new places and go on adventures and rekindle our romance and figure out if, who we are Aww. now together. So. Yeah. Well, if you ever make it over to Australia, you have to look us up. It sounds like that you need that kind of an adventure. <laughs> Definitely. I've never been there, so I, I would love that. Oh, my goodness. I'd love to show you around. Okay. Now, is um, here's a funny one. Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Um, <laughs> I love asking this question. Well, I have a quirky um, – one of the things I'm really proud about, um, It was, and it's – funny it's athletically um i was four months pregnant with my son when i and i qualified for the hundredth running of the boston marathon so i ran it four months pregnant wow (laughs) oh my goodness and you finished it and i finished it in good time and he came out he's he's never stopped running he's not a walk around type of kid. I don't know if it's from the training when he was in my womb or if <laughs> if it's just who he was. I've got one of those running boys as well. And let me tell you, it definitely didn't come out from me exercising <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, I asked this question. It's apropos of nothing really, but um, just because I'm obsessed with my phone. Any good apps that you use for business or pleasure on your phone that we should know about? Oh, good question. Or are you not I'm a phone to... person? Um, I know everyone has to get out their app of their phone and have a little look. Well, Instagram, you know, is my favorite. I think visually there's so much you can see so quickly on Hello. Instagram. Um, and I do like TikTok. Um, 
I, okay. I, I have done some TikToks with my daughter and my son. Um, but I think TikTok is so great. We were traveling recently. My daughter was studying abroad and we went and picked her up this December. And we were going to Prague and I went on TikTok and, you know, a day in Prague, what to do a day in Prague. And you can get so many. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Amazing ideas. Uh, so I'm not on TikTok. I know my kids are all over YouTube. I mean, they're probably all over TikTok as well. But um, I'd probably ask that of YouTube or Google. I wouldn't think to go to TikTok for no, that it's kind fast. of a question. It's like, it, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. All those things. Or like food. My daughter and I do a lot of food on there or my husband and I are going to San Francisco to the city. We'll go like, oh, hiking in San Francisco or dinner in San Francisco, you know, just to get inspiration. So I use that a lot. Um, and then hurdle, you know, uh, hurdle. Oh, don't know hurdle. What's hurdle? Hurdle, framed, and wordle are the three I do every morning. Uh, wordle I've now become addicted to. Okay. And is hurdle a bit like that? Hurdle is music. So they give Ooh. you a little snippet. Um, like, and, and you can skip, you and you got to guess the song, gotta guess the song or the artist. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I'd be very good at that. And I'm what's the other good. one? <laughs> and then the other one is framed. Framed right. is, um, they give you a picture and it's movies. So you have to guess the movie. And then, oh, I love that one framed. Okay. I'm going to go and get yes. that one. Well, Stephanie, I don't know how to thank you for this great conversation. You are an amazing woman. I love everything you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see you grow because I have no doubt at all that this business will go off. And uh, I, I really appreciate the time. And, and, you know, if there's ever anything that we can do to help you, please let me know. But uh, it's just been a delight. Oh, I should say, if anyone wants to get hold of you, how do they do that? What's the best way? Um, celebrate the gray at gmail.com and gray is with an a K. Yeah, I was going to say the American spelling the American just in spelling. case. And then we're also, our web. my website is celebratethegray.com, uh, celebrate yep. the gray, Instagram. Everywhere. Um, LinkedIn. And yeah, any way, any way I can support you or if there's collaboration, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. And if there's... Um, I love to speak with women. I know it's really hard to get started sometimes on a journey and having one conversation can kind of give you an idea of one little thing you can do. So I'm happy to always chat with women and be a support system because I know what it was like in the beginning to try to figure it all out. And I came from a lot of family and friends' voices in my head that I had to kind of break free of. So yeah, easy no, that's fair. Very true, particularly when they're ingrained and we have got a few years under our belt. Well, listen, thank you so much. I can't wait to share this, and I, I reckon that you'll have have a whole lot of Aussie fans after this. Well, and Aussie models, we're always looking for my – we have a few our countrywide, worldwide, but um, always looking to grow it even more. So, And really being All part right. of the collective, um, there's opportunities behind beyond just modeling. Celebrate the great collective. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.